think you want somebody beside you that can absolutely, you can trust 100% that's going to be there to help you level up uh, all the time, right? That is valuable. That's valuable for you as not only just the spouse, that's valuable for you as a parent, that's valuable for you as a, an associate inside of a company, as a leader, as a community person, as a neighbor, as a friend. Um, you can't you can't underestimate the power that a, a strong partner can bring to your your whole makeup. Welcome to Dottie's house. I'm Arvia Few, the founder of Dottie, and welcome to our podcast. So what is Dottie? Dottie is a community created for young Black people to connect socially and romantically. We are changing the conversation around dating, marriage, and intentionality. We're doing live events, we're matchmaking, and changing the conversation online. And that's why we're doing this podcast. There's so much to share and so many people we can't wait for you to meet in upcoming episodes. Thank you for joining. Today, we're going to talk to you about Derek and Shireen Lewis. Actually, Shireen and Derek Lewis. Let me correct that. They have been married for 30 years, going on 31. I've had the pleasure of knowing Derek for many years. We actually were buddies back in the high school days, and now here it is, full circle. I remember when Derek met Shireen, um, he actually told me I met my wife. I think I met my wife. I remember this whole conversation. Shireen, you had him at hello, I think. But we'll get into those details. Um, but just for background, they both had uh, careers at Pepsi. Derek actually was at Pepsi for 35 years. They're graduates of Hampton University. You know, not the real H.U. Howard, but, you know, we'll give him a pass. Hampton, you know, y'all are still good. Derek was at Hampton. I mean, Derek was at Pepsi for 35 years. Shireen was also at Pepsi, which I had no idea for 15 years. She stopped working after they had their youngest son. Derek retired recently from Pepsi. He had a variety of uh, roles, increasing responsibility, was actually the president or had a president role for almost 11 years. Is that right, Derek? Yes. So now they're now they're just living the good life. They have the second home on the vineyard. They play golf all the time. Shireen plays tennis. I mean, hashtag goals. We want to be like you guys when we grow up. <laughs> so they have so kindly agreed to to talk to you all today about their life, their marriage, the ups and the downs and how they made some of the decisions uh, that they've made. I, I'm really grateful for them. Um, they're one of the couples that I look up to, many people look up to, you know, we talk about partnership and they're really going to be able to elaborate on what that means. So Derek and Shireen, who wants to start about briefly telling us how you knew each other was the one? I mean, did you even think you were going to get married or find your spouse in college? That's so foreign to people now. Talk to us about that. It's funny you say that. My parents actually met and got married um, and met at Hampton. So oh, um, I love it. There was, there was always a rich legacy there, um, and that my parents met there, uh, ultimately got married, and they just celebrated 55 years of marriage. Um, so there was a high probability I was going to meet uh, the man of my dreams or my future husband there. Um, I didn't know it would be my freshman year. Uh, I was sitting on the steps of Virginia Cleveland Hall, and uh, he pulled up with uh, one of his fraternity brothers who was in our wedding. Um, I'll give Mark a shout out for that. He, he was probably the original matchmaker, uh, invited myself and some friends to a Kappa party, um, and the odyssey ensued after that. Um, we started out as big brother, little sister, and you know what happens with that. Um <laughs> And Wait, then that's really good. Wait, oh, Derek. No, you didn't. I'm dead. I'm so dead. I'm dead. You know, he just put up that Kappa sign. Y'all already know. Y'all already know. But, but Shireen, you just made a really good point. And I think this is really important. The big brother, little sister thing. Yes. So often we hear our young people say, that's my little brother. That's my big brother. That's my little sister. They're like cousins to me. We're, we, we've just been friends, you know, that would be awkward. No, that's actually the best way. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that was the best way because we, we actually were friends first. Yeah, we actually liked each other. So 
Um, you know, we dated pretty, pretty heavily my freshman year. He was a senior um, and there were other people involved and um, ultimately we ended up breaking up. Um, oh, other people involved. Yes. Do we want to get yeah. into that? Party well, people, did you hear that? There were other people involved. But if there's other people involved, that does not mean it's game over. That does no, not mean it's it, game it, over. It doesn't. It was it was a pause. I'll call it that. So um, we I think the last time I saw him when he was on campus was uh, I think it was a senior luncheon, was it? And you were in front of Ogden Hall. Um, and uh, I think I was walking somewhere maybe going to do my laundry, whatever. And he was pretty mad. He had gone to the senior lunch and I guess the Kappas were, uh, what were they nominated? MIA or something. You were really mad about something on campus. You're going way back early. No, no, no. That was the that's last time fall. I saw it. That that's was the, oh, well, what was in the spring? You were mad about something in the spring. Anyway, so I saw him and he was in a suit. It was senior week, luncheon, whatever. And, uh, you know, he said he was planning his whole, you know, spring break. He had just come back from his spring break in Miami with his frat brothers and asked me what I was doing. I said, you know, I was pretty smart with him. I, I was pretty mad. We, we had a stormy breakup. So uh, that was the last time we spoke for a while. And I think that summer I saw him across a field at, what was that, the Greek picnic in Philly? And we didn't speak and, you know, things just kept wow. flowing. So we hadn't spoken and that was what, 1988 when he graduated. So we did not speak for three years. Um, I had moved on, had another boyfriend. Um, he had someone that he was with that was at Hampton that he continued um, seeing while he started at Pepsi. We just kind of went our separate ways. And it was my senior year that uh, he came to interview people with Pepsi. And he came with Mike Graves, who was a very good friend of ours at the time. And he was working for um, Earl Graves' Pepsi plant that he had in Maryland, Southern Maryland. So uh, he was interviewing Hamptonians, um, future Pepsi people. And I was mortified when I saw him in the interview queue, you know, when it's career day and they- Oh, have stop it. So this is how it came back full circle. Yes. <laughs> oh my. So it's Derek, career did, day. did he, did Derek interview you? No, I have to tell you what I did. So I had an interview with Mars, um, the candy company and the interview queue was right next to Pepsi, but I hadn't seen this man talk to this man, anything in three years. So I canceled the interview. Like I tried to reschedule it. I canceled it. I just didn't want to walk anywhere near him. I just didn't think I could handle it. I really didn't. I, I mean, my stomach was in knots. I was like, I can't do it. So I canceled the interview, which might've been the career of my dreams, but I canceled it because I couldn't do it. And I went and did the other interviews and then I avoided him the entire day. Well, that night we went to this club called Harlem Nights and long story short, Mike Graves said, you've got to talk to this guy. He's been talking about you constantly. And um, I said, I don't want to talk to him. And he said, just give him five minutes. So he came over. It was very awkward. Hi, what have you been doing for three years? Kind of conversation. And we parted ways. And then um, homecoming comes up and I see him homecoming. And I told my girlfriends who were there since freshman year um, that were furious at me that I even spoke to him at Harlem Nights, like just a month earlier. So it's homecoming. And I saw him and he said, I'd love to talk to you sometime, not just here, but, you know, on the phone, just catch up. So I wrote my phone number. Did I write my phone? I think I wrote my phone number in your hand or something, or we didn't have cell phones like that then. <laughs> so um, he called me that that Sunday night of homecoming. And I think we were on the phone till about 3 a.m. Then he wrote me a card that I still have. Um, that was an apology card. Cause I told him the, you know, the one thing I always wanted to hear was I'm sorry. And he did say, I'm sorry. And Aww. then- the rest was kind of uh baby. So I'm, I'm sure it moved really quickly after that. It moved very quickly after that. It did. Because when then, you've had that time apart, you really mm -hmm. get clear on what you want and what's important to you. But Derek, I'm just so impressed that you just came, you were not, you were relentless. Well, that's what you you know before, right? Um <laughs> but look, it was it was uh awesome. She really hit it, I think hit it pretty good. I think um, you know. I had a lot of respect for her. She may not have realized that back then, but being a freshman, I've already completed my 
four years on campus, right? And so I understand how valuable that experience is for all the students to go through your student life, you know, without distractions. And I always thought through the logistics of the long-term, long-distance relationship and come back and forth. I don't think that's fair on both ends. I don't think it's certainly fair for the students who are at, on campus to have to leave campus occasionally on weekends, things like that. And, and also for somebody starting a career to have to come back. So I realized it's hard, it was hard, but I value more of the process around, you know, really maturing and growing and getting the full experience at Hampton. I had that benefit. I did not want to see that, you know, sort of adjusted. Or okay, taken. Derek, I, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to, we're going to have to have a, a pause for a minute now. So What's you're going to tell me that the reason why you guys had your breakup is because you had reflected upon the fact that you had a full four-year experience at Hampton and it was full of everything that, you know, a college student should want. And you wanted the same for, for Shireen. Well, so it, therefore, yeah. you thought it best that you guys part your separate ways, you graduate and move on and Shireen have her sophomore, junior and senior year. Now, if that is the truth, you are very insightful. But is let, that let, the, is that the truth? I was not a fan. <laughs> it's, it's my turn to mic. I was not a fan and supported a long distance relationship. I started with that premise. Okay. What goes with that is the experiences I'm talking about having one for me, being new in the workforce and, and living in a new city like in Baltimore, and then for her as well. So I recognize that, look, it's probably not going to work um, because I wasn't going to be into it. I didn't know if she was going to be into it or not. That's a hard conversation to have. That's a hard way to explain it. I get all what you're saying, but that was the reality. You You do have to have some vision with this stuff. And I did have vision with the stuff, right? And which is well, why- Well, that's why you retired from Pepsi buck. after 35 years. Cause yeah. you, the, you are the MS man, hey. head NIC it was, people. It was, so abrupt. it was abrupt, it was hard. Um, oh, it was abrupt? I understand it I was abrupt. The, the friendship forever. I realized that was certainly in play. Uh, there was nothing that told me, oh, I'm gonna come back. I didn't, I didn't have it, wasn't planning like that. Like no. I'll just wait to come back. But I also, felt like I did the right thing, uh, completely did the right thing for both parties. So it wasn't just doing what's right for me. Also, do did, did believe I was doing what's right for her as well. And I stick by that and live by that. Um, and when I saw, you know, obviously I knew there was tension. And I think when, to her point, when I had that opportunity to talk to her again, she had really obviously continued to blossom. She was a, a great young lady, exceptional in the classroom, out of the classroom, just a dynamite person. Um, I knew I kept ties with her. I mean, it wasn't like I wasn't tracking her and keeping ties with her. And she probably was keeping ties with me, but she won't tell. She won't admit that on the camera. But the reality is, you know, I was keeping ties on her. She looked great. Uh, that opportunity presented itself where we could have that conversation. And look, it wasn't uh, necessarily a great conversation, but it was a conversation. And that to me was enough that sort of opened the door slightly. And that was all I needed, I think, to uh, continue to go on. Look, I had known That's her really for, mature. While I didn't he, know, we he actually he actually did, but it, it, probably so did take it to like a twenty-one-year-old perspective. I think he was really concerned about: Am I going to have to keep tabs on her? Is she going to cheat? Or you know, um, I'm going to be at work trying to build my career. She, I'm going to be worrying about my, you know, nineteen, twenty-year-old girlfriend that's still got three more years of college. You know, is she going to be cheating? She's going to be, you know, is she going to pledge? Is she going to date another Kappa? Is she going to, I think, I mean, he summarized that in our, you know, last kind of, you know, discussion, discussion. but um, it, that was basically, you know, the 50, the, the older Derek now explaining it, it sounds so rational. To me, it broke my heart. So. And, and look, um, it was, it was also not consistent with my framework was maybe we talk about this further. I wanted to make sure my job and my career were on solid ground first. But so relationships at that point in time were not the top priority for me. It was getting my 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 job, my career started. I didn't want to be able to get a, establish myself with a home and some cash flow. And then the relationship would start to come in as a priority. But relationship was not the number one thing for me when I graduated. And that's part of, again, part of the reason why the long distance thing wasn't going to work. I wasn't into that. It wasn't, I wasn't going to force that ahead of the career, the job, and then essentially the home and cash flow. Those ranked at a higher level for me at that time. And then obviously, as I got going, now the relationship started to now improve and move to the top of the list because obviously it was off to a good start in my career. My job was working well. I owned a home. I started to have some cash flow. And so now the relationship family orientation 
started to, you know, emerge. And, uh, you know, the time it's all about timing, right? And, and God's work. And, and this is what happened. So the time was right. Uh, coming back down to recruit that opportunity he created. Uh, again, it was it was a bit uncomfortable, obviously. But nevertheless, that was the really the catalyst for us to start talking again and bringing our, you know, bringing ourselves, you know, closing that gap of time that we had, had elapsed when we weren't talking to each other. That's beautiful. I've got a question. Derek, when you went back to recruit, did you know you were going to see Shireen? Were you planning on seeing Shireen? I, I would, I mean, a small you... when you go back to homecoming and, and things, you see people. I mean, it's not, that's not like talking about like there's 50,000 people. And we see each other when yeah. you came back, other homecomings. I just wouldn't go anywhere. Yeah, you, would, you would definitely see people. I, I mean, even year. if it was for. No, just, but in your uh, mind, were you thinking, I wonder if Shireen is going to be in the building? I wonder if she's. No, no, I didn't, I didn't process like that. I, I, as always, when I come back to Hampton, great time. Like, I mean, the vibe is always strong, you know, even three years later removed. Obviously I was on a, on a mission to recruit. So we were very businesslike, but once the recruiting was done, you know, we had that opportunity that night to go have fun and celebrate and just kind of go party. And that's when the Harlem Knights situation came up. I don't even think we had planned to go there. We didn't really know much about it, but after the workday was over, we were talking about where's the vibe and Harlem Knights. So if we, if Harlem Knights didn't happen, I don't know if this would have happened. I mean, Maybe it would have been homecoming or some other time, but you got to realize these were a series of dominoes, like the Harlem Knights, that conversation that night and the follow-up phone call and apologies, et cetera, then led to a better homecoming. The That Harlem Knights night didn't kick the door in. That was just simply a door opening that took, <laughs> you know, the opportunity to have a few more steps in place. Then homecoming was another building block, you know, so there was a series of building blocks associated with that semester that I think got everything going. But it was the Harlem Knights event that really started that process for us. So we can also say Mike Graves is also a matchmaker in this process because he was also had his little toe in there too. Yeah, he basically yes. came to me and said, I don't know you, you don't know me, but I just rode in the car with this guy for three hours and he kept talking about you. He told me the whole breakup, um, you know, so he was pretty sincere. It was actually part of his toast. He was our best man in our wedding. That's so awesome. he actually told a story in a toast. I didn't know all, all the details, but um, I love it. And the car ride down uh, that uh, Derek told him the whole story about what happened with uh, us and how he, he embellished with sometimes, but yeah, he got, he got, he got some. <laughs> okay. 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 Well, Mike's not here, so we're going to give him a pass, but I will tell you, Mike, because I'm sure he will see this at some point that you did play a role in this marriage, which is great. And what I want our listeners to understand is that. You want to surround yourself with friends that have your back because I don't know, Derek, if you asked for Mike to go do that or how that whole situation went down, but he heard you talking about Shireen and obviously she shows up at the party or you're there and you see her and he took it upon himself to, to work on your behalf. You want to surround yourself with people that are going to have your back, not tear you down, but build you up and put you in places so that you can live your best life. And so this is just a reinforcement of, again, having the right people around you that are going to support you because something he could have said something very different to Shireen or maybe nothing could have what could have been said to Shireen at all. But mm -hmm. the door was open. And then another door opened, obviously, at homecoming. So I just think having good friends around you that want the best for you, especially when it comes to relationships, not blockers, which we all know about those, but people yeah. that are going to facilitate and help and support, it's very important. No, that goes so I think that's great. Yeah. That even, it's, even, it's just as important now as it was then. So yeah. nothing has changed in terms of the importance of that in your circles and people who are going to support you and support you as a, as a team and not, you know, cherry pick one or the other and get in the middle and really be supportive for, for the entire team. And, uh, you know, we were blessed to have, you know, many friends who have been there, some from day one, some that, you know, we obviously met along the way, but where we stand today, um, the network is as strong as it's ever been. And we're, we're very grateful and thankful to everybody who's been a part of that and who has our back. That's so awesome. Team Lewis come through. So Derek said, you need to make sure you're surrounded yourself, surrounding yourself with other friends, married couples that mm -hmm. are going to, again, support and bring out the best in you. 
mm-hmm. whether whether it's relative to your career or your marriage or your family, because you are going to have hard times. You guys have heard me say this. The times are going to get hard, but it's how you deal with those hard times and who you have surrounding you, supporting you, helping you to get through those things. That's the most important. So Shireen, you worked at Pepsi for 15 years before you decided to stay home after the birth of your third child. Yeah, PepsiCo is with Taco Bell. PepsiCo, okay, Taco Bell. Tell us about that decision. Like, was this something you and Derek decided together? You know, what made you decide to be a stay at home? Derek, you can also answer this. Like, (laughs) how did that whole thing go down? And I was a stay at home mom for many years as well. So I really respect that role. I embraced it. I loved it. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I literally loved being a full-time mom Mm -hmm. and wife and friend and philanthropist and all those things. Tell me, Shireen, tell the audience how that happened Um, and why. (laughs) Well, it it had really gotten to a point where um, when you're a working mom, you're putting a lot of the responsibility on people you hire. Um, And we had gone through au pairs and nannies and um, really we just, Kellen was a bit of a surprise, not a total surprise, um, but, uh, when I had Kellen, I was 38. So I just felt like at that time, Jordan and Devin, our oldest two, were 11 and eight. And um, it was starting to, it was really starting to drive me crazy. You have an 11 year old playing two sports. You have a, you know, eight year old daughter that really needs you at that, those formative years. And you're trying to tend to an infant and you almost have one nanny to take care of it all. But are they really taking care of it all? Is one child not getting what they need? And then we got to the point where Derek got another job opportunity. So every time Derek got a job opportunity, Taco Bell was great in that when we were all PepsiCo, they made every effort to either, you know, either got a lateral or a promotion and really got a promotion every time. But now we're Yum Brands, a separate self-standing company and they're Pepsi. The job offers were, you know, some, some really labor intensive jobs with Pepsi or Taco Bell basically going in a whole new area and having to start all over again. So did I want to do that with three kids, one of which was a newborn, Derek starting his new career, which, gonna, which was going to have heavy travel, and we were moving to Connecticut. And Derek just kind of sat me down and said, I don't think this is going to work. I mean, he just said it. Um, if you know how Derek and I operate, he just says what needs to happen. And we talk about it, but I always use this philosophy with my friends, with anybody that, you know, you can have two alpha dogs, but are you going to be successful? Someone has to be the alpha dog and someone has to be the the person that executes. And he's always been our leader. And he made it very clear. I just don't think this is going to work. I mean, he's, as you can see, he is always planning ahead. He's always got a plan for a plan. Um, and I had to process it. It, it took me a month or two to process. Um, what does that look like? I've never not had my own, you know, income or the luxury of spending money how I want to, or going where I want to, and just telling the nanny cover this or that it was going to be me flying solo. So I really struggled with it, um, in the beginning In all honesty, um, when we moved to, we moved from Denver, Colorado, great city, quality of life to Southwestern Connecticut. Um, so if there ever was an episode of Stepford Wives, I lived it. Um, so, what part of I Connecticut? Mean, uh, we were in Brookfield. Oh, right wow. Near I never knew that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we lived there 21 months. I keep track because that's about all I could do. Um, <laughs> but it was, so I went through this transition of not working, um, getting kids off to school in the morning and then being at home all day with a newborn. Um, In Brookfield, Connecticut. In Brookfield, Brookfield, Connecticut. Connecticut. So so party people, let me tell you a couple of things that are very important that you need to hear. They moved. Shireen became a stay-at-home mom, unplanned. So she was a stay-at-home. She was in Brookfield, Connecticut, which is (laughs) probably not a community where she was going to maybe find a lot of people that she could relate to at that age, at that time. Um, The number one stress on a marriage, the three largest stresses on a marriage are moving. They did that. 
job change, they did that. That's huge. And death. They did not have that, thank goodness. But they had those two. And they're still very much happily married, going on 31 years of marriage. But I just want you to take note to say that they were so in sync, their values and goals were aligned that yes, when Derek did come and say, you know, I don't think this is going to work. Maybe you should consider staying home. Yes, Shireen was uncomfortable for a minute, but she trusted her husband mm -hmm. and it's all worked out. So yeah. I cut you yeah. off, but that's a big, that's a huge, I mean, I applaud you because that is really traumatic. Let me, yeah, and let me three just, kids. Let me build on that. Cause I mean, I do think that was a very obviously hard decision for her because she did have a lot of momentum. She was doing a lot of transition like I was, but she kept doing better and better and kept picking up more responsibility and really embracing those roles wholeheartedly and, and did very well in them. So you have to sort of talk about ending that, um, that could be traumatic, right? Especially in the moving where you're moving to and things like that. But I still look back on that time and I, I think it was one of the most important decisions that was made in our family's sort of history because that now put her in position, you call it the CEO, I call it the CHO, the chief household officer role is what she became at that time and taking on that responsibility to run the household isn't just getting the kids off to school, isn't just making, you know, preparing meals, things like that. It, it's running the whole house. It's dealing with all the aspects of the home. It's also keeping me on track, keeping me straight so I can go do what I go do best. And really was being the center of the house. The kids were, you know, getting heavily involved, more involved in sports. You know, they were starting to age, the two older ones. So things were things were happening. It was a, there was a lot of chaos uh, in our world, and you needed to have somebody other than nannies, au pairs, you know, hired hands to to navigate it successfully. And so therefore that decision made by her supporting that decision and, and actually doing that CHO role as best as anybody could do it is what really got us to, you know, call it the second half of the run, the second half of our lives. And we look back on it today and I believe that was the turning point because what we didn't have before, we didn't have continuity. We didn't have continuity of our childcare. We were rotating people in and out all the time. Um, we were not as involved in the work. Granted, early on, it was obviously a little easier, but when they started getting into athletics, which is what we wanted, it was a passion for us to get them to athletics, that now you're, you're, you're dealing with practices and homework and nutrition, you know, and sleeping. And, you know, we needed to start having someone between us to oversee that much better. Now I go back and say, you know, it's also about the hot hand and, and the momentum. And obviously we both had a really nice run going up until that point in time. I think it looked on my side that there was more opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, so I call it the hot hand or the hotter hand, whatever you want to call it. But we always decided to go with the hotter hand. Had she had the same circumstance happen, I would have been in the very, very same position to do the same thing that she did. You know, I know people say, yeah, yeah. sure, you say that. But that's just that that's real because I knew that the trade off on that, we both could still try to ride it out and, and you know, bring it in and be happy we're fulfilling our career role. But yet our, our family, our children, would not be as successful. There would be, you know, uh, issues there, challenges there, struggles there that would, that probably could lead to, you know, um, bad, you know, misfortune and, and failure. Some stages along the way. So at least we can, we could have owned it. She was there to own it. She, she was the best person to do that role. And it not only helped to kill the children in our network, it helped me as tremendously as well on the career side. So I think that decision alone, if I look back and go, what was sort of like a the, the really defining moment and your guys' history that you've had, it was that moment that I think wow. really put us on solid ground. Wow. Uh, and it wasn't easy. I grant, I, there are days where I know she was missing the intellectual challenge. She was missing being in the action. She was missing having something she could own. She was missing putting on a business suit, you know, an attire, missing travel for business. I mean, things that we all enjoy to do to break up the monotony of things. She, she didn't have any of that anymore. It was basically holding things down. I realized- So you got to reinvent yourself. Yeah, I didn't. But, and, yeah, right? it's hard yeah, but to you say. saw how busy that—that's a very busy job. Uh, being a stay-at-home mom is very busy, and I don't discount it one minute. I it, yeah, it, it, was, was, it was fantastic. I look back on that job. being. Like I, I said, loved the, it. The great yeah, decision. I and loved it. For that, I yeah. think we all and have. You did it right. Yes, she did that. Uh, yeah. and did that, took that on for us because it, it really made us become a better family with that decision. And she did it so well. I mean, you guys have two children that have already graduated from college and one in college, correct? Or he's a senior, uh, senior, in, senior, high senior yeah. in high school. Senior in high school. 
Um, so y'all are doing the thing. I mean, they have, you know, we'll get it. We can get into the kids if you want to, but I want to get touch back, touch back on, you know, the listeners are probably like, oh, good for them. You know, she, she was able to be a stay at home mom financially. How are they able to make that work? Do you want to talk about that, Derek? Like how did you guys, or Shireen, how did you guys adjust? I mean, a whole income being gone. What was the planning that had happened that took place? in order for this to happen. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. I mean, initially very, very difficult at, at the beginning, you know, because obviously while I was being promoted, you know, we we're moving to a much higher cost of living area and, you know, the salary bumps are, are nice and decent, but they're not, they're not going to cover somebody else's salary like hers and what money she was making. So this was again, all about the long-term, not the short-term. So we knew. Say that I again, all about the long-term, not the short-term. Right. Short-term. If we could stomach this very short-term phase, um, and, and, you know, be more disciplined. I mean, we still live well. We bought a new house in Connecticut. We loved our house. We loved our home. We loved the street we lived on. We have some great neighbors. Uh, they're alongside the ways. There were also a couple of them were next to us were Pepsi employees <laughs> and families. So we had we had a really good time there. Again, it was not like our natural uh, environment. You know, it was new, very new for us and very different for us. And there's some struggles that come with being new, trying to fit into a well-established community. But we made the most of it. You know, our children made the most of it. We made the most of it with our neighbors. Uh, we had a really good experience, but we had to be a lot more disciplined financially, all again with the eyes on the prize. The more kind of call it riding the hot hand and riding the upside mm-hmm. that I saw in front of myself was really the end game. And, and so we knew, uh, didn't know exactly how it was going to unfold and the timing of all the things unfolding, but we knew it was going to unfold because we were in headquarters and we knew that was going to be an automatic catalyst for bumping us out to something bigger and better that we could continue to grow on. We got that opportunity, came down to Florida. And that really thing, I think, started the next chapter for us when we were able to really start to, and not, not at the very beginning, uh, we've been down here 16 years now, but I'd say by the time we got to year four or five being down here, we really started to see things you know, escalate for us. And we were able to now start to move in the spaces that we want to move in and get more comfortable in. But it took a whole journey to get there. It took a lot of discipline, took a lot of sacrifice, it took a lot of focus. Um, we had to make a lot of critical decisions along the way. We didn't get everything right. Um, but we made the best of it and we were happy more importantly, we were happy. And so I think despite not having everything you wanted to go get or go buy, uh, we realized that money while yes, important to create the lifestyle you wanted and the resource you want for your kids in terms of education and athletics and extracurricular things we want to go do. Most importantly was our happiness and, and our, our peace of mind knowing that we're on the right track. We're living good. We're, we're, we're proud of what we're doing, the work that we're doing, uh, inside our home, outside of our home. And that the kids are thriving and the families are thriving. That was what was most important. And over time, the rest kind of would take care of itself. So, you know, we became very faith oriented, uh, much stronger faith orientation. When we got down to Orlando, we're going to church, you know, weekly. And, and I think really bought into what God had planned for us when we got down here. And it just sort of all took off. Like it really uh, exp- escalated fast, you know, after that three or four year window I talked about. And um you know, we got to a really good place, but yet still wanted to make sure we had discipline. Kids were focused on education. They're focused on their athletics. They're focused on being good human beings, responsible children and responsible adulthood. We can continue to impact uh, our family and our community in the right way, uh, doing what we do. And we love serve. We love service. This is a woman who is all about giving and she's done her whole life. She's been a giver, you know, going back to making that decision on staying at home to even now doing things for uh, our community, you know, our school community, our neighborhood community, just the whole Central Florida community. So that's now what we're thriving in. So we really now shifted to a bit of a, she was the give, giver, I was the getter. We're now kind of now moving to both being giver. I'm learning, taking a page out of her playbook and now starting to be much more of a go-giver. And that's why I wanted to, as I retired, you know, move into things that are really going to be fulfilling to us from a purpose standpoint. And, and, you know, HBCUs is one of those, just one of those elements and pillars. There's many others to follow. But uh, we're excited to be where we are. But she really set that playbook up when she stepped out of that role, you know, um, back in 2006. That's nice. So, Derek, let me ask you, or, or Shireen, either one of you guys can answer this. She can answer. So what, first of all, what, what, was, what, what level were you when you moved to Brookfield, Connecticut? Um, and, and Shireen was a stay-at-home. I was... Yeah, I was a vice president. I was like my second vice president role when I moved to Connecticut. It was okay. a headquarter. It was a headquarter role. The, the previous VP role was a field operating sales role. 
this was now a headquarter role. So it was a bit of a bump up because it was in headquarters and it had national okay. responsibility. Um, you know, it was my it was sort of my first marketing role as a senior marketing role inside the organization. And so that was transformational in many, many ways as well. And that's, again, I think was when you look at it, the whole New York Connecticut experience for us was absolutely transformational, not only on a personal level, but also a professional level. So that was so important of a decision to go into headquarters um, because it, it really changed the trajectory of my, my career in our, in our lives for that matter. Okay. You know, so that's awesome. But okay. Let me get back to this question though, Derek. So to our young people, when they're considering their partner, their spouse, and you talk about how Shireen really played a huge role and, and making like help, tr helping your career, like take off to that second half, because one, you had stability, you had consistency, you didn't have the worry. What kind of advice would you give these young men when they're looking for their spouses? Like what, what are the characteristics that, that, cause obviously Shireen had to show up to you, show up with you to certain events. She had to build a relationship with the other spouses. I know how that works because I have had to do that for years. Were these things you were considering when you married Shireen or let's yeah, talk we about were. it? We were. I mean, look, I, we always, I think, had a plan. Like this was always about being very planful, being very aligned on how we were going to build a family. We talked a lot about that before we got married. And I think that was one of the reasons why, you know, that I asked her was I, I was very comfortable that we were aligned on a plan. It wasn't gonna be just, let's just dive into it and what happens happens. And we just sort of make spontaneous decisions along the way. I think this was a very planful journey on, we're both gonna establish careers uh, while, we, while we build a family, a young family. Uh, we're willing to move where we wanna go move. That wasn't a barrier. You know, the children was obviously a barrier. Um, you know, we knew we had, we were lying on sort of athletics being a real good foundation for our but kids. But let's talk about Shireen. I want to hear about Shireen, like the personal characteristics yeah, I, of Shireen. I think that, um, you know, when, when, uh, as far as my role, or at least what I felt my role was, was to, um, support what he was doing, support the person he was, um, reveal a little bit about the real person he was without revealing everything, um, Wait, I love that line. Say that again. Yeah. Revealing the personal softer side of him without revealing all of our business, if you know what I mean. Um, talk, talk about that because people can learn from that, from that. I think that's really powerful. Yeah. One thing I, I learned very early on, Derek loves to mentor um, individuals in his entire career. He's been doing that. So there are a lot of great young um, executives that we've come across, um, particularly uh, diverse candidates, young females, African-American, Hispanic, Latina, um, African-American males that he has taken an extra interest in, or he's wanted to kind of help them grow their careers as well as other individuals as well. I'm not, you know, saying it was just polarized to that, but what I realized is that Derek has a very intense um, exterior at work. He does, but he, you know, he gets the ish done. And um, I think that's why he's respected so much. What they sometimes miss if they don't have that intimate relationship with him is the fun side. So, um, you know, we've always been um, open door. I've, I've helped him, you know, work through that as far as open door, meaning invite him over for dinner. Let's go out for drinks. Let's, um, let's, you know, have our kids together, whatever. I think of a lot of individuals that he has um, connected with in his career that I'd like to say I had a role in developing a relationship with them as well. So there are a lot of spouses that I would still call, even though his career is over. There are a lot of people that we've seen grow in the company that are now continuing to grow, even though he's gone, that we still consider friends. But I think what my role was, was not to step on his toes not to oversell some fantasy vision of us. It was to reveal um, who Derek really is without revealing all of the personal side, but revealing the good stuff that they could benefit from. So that's what I felt like my role was as his wife. No, sure, I sure. love it. That, okay, if you all don't take, I mean, there's a lot, I'm sure you guys are gonna take a lot from this conversation, but that right there is powerful. So young men, when you're thinking about your partner 
and young ladies, when you're thinking about the partner you want to be, listen to what Shireen said about knowing how to reveal that side of your partner, even for the, for the men, that side of your partner, that's going to bring out the best in them. And that's what I see and hear that you did, Shireen, for Derek, that you guys actually brought out the best in each other. Yeah, mm -hmm. I would agree. I mean, look, there's been it's a whole leveling up, leveling up process that that still continues today, right? So, um, you know, I think we get inspired by each other as we push each other to do better and get better, uh, makes our family better, makes, you know, our relationship better. Um, you know, sometimes we can be pretty hard on each other. You know, that's that's part of the process. I mean, it's not, we're not telling you here that every conversation we had and that leveling up experience is, is uh, you know, joyful, you know, but you walk away, we're mature enough and, and, and the trust is there that we walk away knowing that, you know, we have our back, we, you have my back. So you're not telling me this because you don't want me to be successful. You want me to fail. You're telling me this because you want me to actually get better. Um, yeah, we can say it differently. We can do it differently. But the fact is when you, when you're direct, I think it's most impactful. And I think you want somebody beside you that can absolutely, you can trust 100% that's going to be there to help you level up uh, all the time, right? That is valuable. That's valuable for you as not only just the spouse, that's valuable for you as a parent. That's valuable for you as a, an associate inside of a company, as a leader, as a community person, as a neighbor, as a friend. Um, you can't you can't underestimate the power that a, a strong partner can bring to your your whole makeup and how it makes you better, makes you a better person, makes you see have better vision than even what you may think you have. Right. So I think there's just constantly there's capacity for us to keep getting better and better and better. And we we recognize it all the time, and I think that really has been helpful in our journey, you know, and so there's still more room to grow, you know, and I think we have to look at it that way. If we don't, then it becomes stale. And then all of a sudden now, what's your value? If you're not helping each other grow anymore, you're just kind of stagnant. Now we don't want to be a couple or a family that's stagnant. We want to be a family that can always find capacity to get better. What we go do now, again, it's not easy all the way long, but the outcomes, when you feel the growth, experience the growth, um, you, you, you feel better. It feels much better. You feel stronger. You feel healthier. You feel more inspired to go do what you go do, right? And so that is a tremendous catalyst for preserving relationships and, and getting the most out of, out of both people, not just the one person, but out of both parties. This is where the Bible always says two goes to one, right? This is this this is being lived out, you know, day in and day out with us. That we really have that focus. Not again, always perfect at getting there, but the fact is that vision is still very clear. It's, you know, one plus one equals one, right? And that's, that's the reality that sets in that'll make this thing really you know, transformative for couples over a long, long period of years. Oh, that is absolutely beautiful. You guys are rock stars. Did you guys hear what Derek said? He said, leveling up. It may not feel good. You may not wanna hear it, but you want to make sure you have a partner that is going to continue to have you level up. Because what he also said was, we don't want to be stagnant. Another word for that is stunted. We want to always grow. And that's the beauty that you guys have in your marriage because you're always pushing each other. And if you did not have the space to push each other, you would stop giving each other feedback and you would say stunted. So we don't want that. Sometimes. You know, I'm, just, I, 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 I'm just keeping it 100. I'm just keeping it 100 because nobody wants to hear feedback. But at the end of the day, you want to be around people that are going to bring out the best in you and make you the best. And Derek, look at the, it's the fruits of their labor. I mean, they just bought, I hate to say that I, I just have to, I mean, they're living the dream. Derek retired in his fifties. They're both retired. What, what do you guys do now? Talk, talk to us about your life now. Well, um, you know, our youngest graduates this year and we're super excited. He committed to play basketball at Hampton. So we get a legacy there. Um, okay. So they've got three athletes there. <laughs> did all three of your kids play sports in college? Yeah. All three division one. We're pretty proud of that. So our oldest. Okay. Kid... Let's back this up. <laughs> okay. We've got this husband and wife that's retired in their fifties with three athletes, children that played division one in college and their youngest is about to play division one at their alma mater. Who was winning 
who is winning? I just have no other words to say except for who. You better get your partner. Better level up and get your partner. Y'all out here thinking y'all can do it by yourself. Don't get it twisted. You need to have your partner. Yeah. Okay, but go ahead, Shireen. So what are y'all doing besides going to those games and having a good time? So for me, yeah, it's about that. For me, um, you know, my social pursuits are obviously my tennis. I, I'm a budding Serena in my 50s, but um, I love it for the sisterhood. Never I love too it late. Engagement. Um, so I'm I'm pretty committed to that. I had some pretty bad injuries a couple of years ago and thought I wasn't oh. going to play anymore. I tore my Achilles and my meniscus. But uh, it was through that friendship and sisterhood that I've experienced in it that I, you know, I'm back playing and I love it. So that's my, my, you know, for fun. Um, Derek and I have talked a lot about how do I re-energize my entrepreneurial spirit? Because I always wanted to be an entrepreneur and have my own business, whatever it was going to be. So um, I'm looking at a couple of things, um, more to come, but uh, we're going to be setting up operations. And it's nice because I'm involving my oldest, uh, Devin, who uh, is a finance grad from Georgetown. So that's a good thing to have in the family. So he's going to be my CFO. And uh, my youngest is a budding graphic designer and architect. So he's been doing a lot of the graphics work, but it will be in um, t-shirt production. Um, not limited to that. We're going to launch an athleisure line. And Yay. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're going to launch. An so everybody better follow Shireen. <laughs> Lewis and Derek Lewis, because when the business launches, you have to follow and we have to support our people. Yeah. So it's going to be big. So it's going to be big. So we are in the planning stages of that right now. So that's been super fun. And then really just kind of enjoying life. Um, 35 years in Pepsi. I've been here for 31 of it. And, um, <laughs> you know, it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, we moved nine times nine different homes and different cities and the sports okay 31 years married going on 31 years married moved nine times yeah take that in yeah that's kind of re-engineering your life every time you move somewhere from maryland to ohio arizona oregon denver connecticut and then we've moved three times here and at one point um he had the opportunity to move back to connecticut and i i declined so that's probably the one time I felt like I had to put my foot down and I put it down, not for myself. Selfishly, I put my foot down for my kids. Um, they were sophomore and eighth grade and in uh, pursuing their sports. Our little one was just starting kindergarten. Um, I did not want to uproot my kids and go back to Connecticut when I knew their hopes and dreams were really around the stuff they had rooted in Orlando. So we did a two-year stint of you commuting back and forth, and then it ultimately oh, worked yeah. out. Oh, yeah. What was it? Almost seven three. years I did that job. Yeah. Seven years? Wow. Was yeah. Eventually, it got to the point where they didn't require the travel. So the first two years was the go up on you know Sunday and come back on Thursday and then it got to Monday to Wednesday, and then it got back to the Sunday to Thursdays. It was like, it was uh, a little tough, but um, I'm going to give him major dad kudos in that he rarely missed a game. Rarely. I think less than 10 out of both kids. So that's amazing. Um, if it was taken red eyes, even made dad's donut day for Kellen, which is a big thing. But now it's about we're trying to recharge the battery. It's been Team Lewis for a long time. Um, now it's Shireen and Derek Lewis. So um, that's part of why, you know, Martha's Vineyard was a big thing for us because that's a place where we can kind of go and it's just the two of us and we've actually got to talk and not about the kids and go eat lobster rolls and ride bikes. We bought bikes when we were there. So, um, you know, I got to find my golf sticks. He's mad. I don't play golf as much anymore. So I got to play that. golf. So Derek, where are you playing at Farm Neck? That's right. <laughs> so well, that, Jason, that, well, that's a whole nother thing. But yes, yeah, so you and Jace don't have to get out there and play together. Yeah. We, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's being an entrepreneur, um, enjoying my husband. Um, and playing tennis. Playing tennis and a lot less worries, a lot less commuting, sitting in traffic. Well, you put the time in. Yeah. Yeah. So again, another theme is putting the time in, putting the time in early, making the sacrifice, mm -hmm. being committed, head down, discipline. 
all these things. I mean, think about it. When they were back in Brookfield in Connecticut, Shireen had just stopped working, was taking care of, you know, three kids and, and supporting Derek. And Derek said it was tough and they had to make sacrifices financially. And how many years later, less than 15 years later, they're retired, living their best life. Derek's playing a lot of golf. Shireen is playing tennis. It was worth it. Put the work in, party people. Put the work in, make the sacrifices, the discipline. Derek, what are you doing as a retired? Uh, It's been a a busy, yeah, I, I, you know, it's been a busy six months. It's been uh, fantastic, by the way. I'm really enjoying it. Um, Let's start with Oh, let me just say, it's been six months since he's been retired. Sorry, I I didn't say that earlier. And I think that's important. Yeah, six months. (laughs) Yeah, a whole six months. Um, I've been just as busy. I've had obviously more leisure time, but I've been just as busy uh, working on things that, that are fun for me that been intriguing me all along that I never had time for. So uh, for starters, I'm uh, writing a book. I'm in the process of doing that right now. Should be out by next in the next summer. Um, be ready for fall. Exciting. So that's going to be really exciting. Really about my my life and my career. It's going to really have a lot of different sort of chapters and lessons and you know, threading of when I was very young to to up to where I am now. And again, it'll be a lot of story, a lot of storytelling, a lot of great stories that, that will come out uh, for people that actually don't know me that well. And, and I think even for my own family, will they'll, things that they'll find out about me that they'll find out in the book. Um, so I'm excited about that. I've got uh, corporate boards working. Uh, it's working. I, I'm on one now, join one and there are others that are, you know, we're in conversations about. So that's really, that's really done well. I'm excited about that journey as well as taking off. Um, I'm working on several entrepreneurial projects. Like my wife, she's going to got, got one up and run. I'm excited for her, uh, what she's going to do with, uh, you know, her business, uh, with our kids being somewhat involved in that as well. But I'm also working on three different projects, you know, one's in healthcare, one's in education, and one is in uh, sports and entertainment. I've got uh, some great business partners that I'm on, on, on the board, on the bus with, and, um, these things will start going live here some are almost off the ground now we'll be going live in the second half of the year and these are really fun for me really will bring me back full circle to really help others in real delicate uh healthcare spaces education is going to be really all about leaning in certainly back in hbcus but really across the board but that will start with doing some work on hbcus the sports entertainment fun is just going to be something for a fun place i need need to have a go fun place to go hang out and and play at a lot outside of not playing golf so that's going to be in play as well I think the biggest accomplishment by far without without saying is uh, my my uh, bout with cancer. I did have colon cancer diagnosed, um, you know, sometime in, in April. Um, and very thankful about uh, angels and, and friends and, you know, the Advent health system really for coming through for me in ways that I could never imagine or, or even thought about came in strong for me to help me get through that process. Um, had surgery at the end of May. Um, and it was, it was a difficult process. It creates a lot of anxiety inside the home. I was never really scared. Uh, I was nervous. Obviously I had some anxiety around, you know, what does this look like, feel like, you know, what's, what are the long-term implications of something like this? But again, the medical community and people who had been through it, I know if you've, you've been through and experienced it <clears throat> really were helpful and keep me calm, keep me really composed. Uh, again, I lean a lot on my faith. And uh, very successfully uh, got through the surgery. Uh, all the cancer obviously was taken out. Lymph nodes also checked out clear. And I just had an oncology appointment today. And, um, you know, things look really, really good here. We're going to do some additional testing because they want to make sure they have enough air cover on me because the percentages are the percentages. You know, 85% of the people of what I went through um, likely survived for the long term. There's you know, 13, 14, 15% of the people that there could be a reoccurring uh, chance of it coming back for people that, again, went through exactly what I went through in terms of where it was in my, my colon. So we want to you know try to minimize it as much as possible. So I've got you know, going through some extra testing and, and things to look at that. And I'll take whatever necessary steps to you know minimize any chance of it coming back as possible. But I think that's also like, again, living right, having your mind right, your soul right, and your body right. And so... I've created changes in my lifestyle now. They're going to make sure I'm delivering in all three areas. Uh, I've got great support uh, here at the home front uh, and my community and my family and friend network has also come through strongly for me. So I'm 
blessed to have gotten through that, plus all the other things I've talked about uh, over the last six months. So I can only imagine the next six months, uh, I think will be even greater for me as I'm, I'm much more inspired. I feel like a leveling up experience has happened for me going through that. Uh, there is so much more to go do, not only just for myself, but mainly for others. And so uh, I've got, you know, what I look at as a full big ocean ahead of creating opportunities and serving others and being a giver and, uh, you know, having some fun along the way with people I love and care about uh, the most. Wow. Thank you for sharing, Derek. And praise God that that you are in the clear and that the colon cancer was caught early enough. Um, God is good. God is good. Thank you for sharing. And, and to our listeners, here is another example of, of, you know, having the right person by your side. You really don't know what life is going to throw your way. It is not going to be a bed of roses. We, we are talking to Derek and Shireen, who have been married for almost 31 years. They've moved nine times, I believe. They've got three amazing children. Um, they've gone through a lot. I mean, Shireen worked for many years. After 15 years, she stopped working to support her family. And now we hear right when Derek is retiring, not even six months into it, he is diagnosed with cancer. But the blessing is he was living right. He had the right people around him. He had the support system around him, the proper people that could also help him in the healthcare system. And I think that's also what I want you guys to understand. Every connection is a good connection to be treated with value and respect. Because I don't know who the people were, Derek, that helped you along the way, and we don't need to get into it. But I'm sure these are people that you met through your various moves, maybe through your career, maybe even on the golf course, maybe through your children. But these are all connections that you've made over time that you valued, that you and Shireen valued, and people valued you. So when you needed the help, they came. And I want you guys to understand that that's important. Let's not live in a vacuum. Try to be as unselfish as possible. What'd you say, Derek? Relationships matter. I always talk about the three R's, results, relationships, and reputation. And, you know, the, the, the relationship side came through, for me, came through big time for me and has always delivered. Relationships won't disappoint you. The quality of relationships you have, the ones that are grounded in trust, uh, high integrity, and loyalty. Um, and loyalty are, they'll never fail, you'll never disappoint. And the people that you mentioned in all those different facets and areas, that's what actually came to life. All those areas of the people I've met through my friends, through my kids, golf, schools, neighborhoods, uh, you name boards, you know, volunteer boards, things of that nature. All those people that were involved in those things have all come through for me and came through me in one of my most difficult moments. And um, they're there for me to celebrate the greatest moments. They're also there for me to help me uplift me in the difficult moments. And that's the beauty of you know, relationships uh, and that we have um, and that we aspire to continue to grow and foster. These are, they're life-changing uh, in our opinion. God is so good. Thank you for sharing and thank you for your vulnerability. You guys have been wonderful to talk to. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience before we close out? I'm just so grateful that you guys came on and you're an inspiration to so many. You're going to continue to be an inspiration. Our young people, especially our young black people need to see more of this. They don't. Well, I think and they like to hear the stories. I give you credit for one hosting this series and platform. I think it's it's amazing um, at the relationships that you're going to change. You're going to make relationships get better and better over time because oh, of this. Platform. Thank you. We're, we're honored to be here. You know, our relationship goes back almost 40 years. <laughs> you know, um, we have many, many stories we can tell, um, you know, over time about all the times we had together. But I think inherently... <laughs> We were both very determined, driven to one, create for ourselves, but we also always were about people that we want to be along the way with us. Um, you know, and obviously I, that's how, you know, you and I met really was through that experience. And uh, it's good to see and great to see while we haven't necessarily been seeing each other and talking to each other throughout that time frame, we have moments where we have, we see each other at events and things like that. But to know that the foundation that we met upon in terms of things that we talked about back when we were 17, 18, 19. Yes. Carry, still carry forward to today is, is the power, I think, of God and 
lo and behold, who in the world would have thought when we're going to Silver Spring Armory and you know, the Mickey D's on Georgia Avenue and uh, Howard Listening party, to Go-Go. Listening to Go-Go. Who thought that uh, we'd be doing the Zoom, uh, you know, 40 years, almost 40 years later, talking about the power of relationships, right? Yeah. We were building one. So I'm grateful that uh, we're still friends. And, and I, I believe this will get us going again and our families again. Um, so I look forward to those moments. But, you know, God bless you for uh, just being a great person and leader uh, and, you know, taking on the work you're taking on to make, make people's lives better and make these relationships really, really count uh, for, for our society, which, which we really need. Oh, thank you, Derek. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And I can't wait to, to get involved. And well, I can't wait to see the business that you're about to take off that you're about to do Shireen and, and Derek, your book. I know that's going to be phenomenal. You know, we will be hosting a book signing party for you in Connecticut and it will be off the chain and we will have to have all of your old friends from the Brookfield neighborhood also come. All two or three of them will be there. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get in there. Yeah, we'll get in there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, we're, 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 we're going to pull from New York, town, New town. Jersey, everybody. It'll be good. I'm excited for you guys. And just thank you so much. And, you know, God is good. I'm so glad that you survived your surgery, which we knew you would, and that, um, that you guys have each other. You guys have amazing children. And, and, we're all going to be watching. If you're not following Shireen and Derek Lewis, they both have their own Instagram Instagram handles. And you are going to notice that they are tagged in this podcast. So please follow them because they have a great story, but there's just so much more. Thanks for listening to Dottie's House. We'd love to know your thoughts about today's episode. Join the conversation on Instagram. Follow us at The Dottie Club. And if you're looking for your happily ever after, apply today at thedottieclub.com. Be sure to follow our podcast wherever you listen so you can join us for the next episode.